We are, as you already know, in this series, starting the series this morning called Modern Family. And uh, in case you didn't know, and there are some who may not, it's a very popular TV show. In fact, it's been number one I, not for a year or two, I think. And uh, a lot of folks I know from Facebook uh, chat love it. And the thing is funny, I, th- I have watched it, I think, maybe once. And it's not because I'm protesting or anything. I just haven't really taken the time. And if I have, if I have 30 minutes, I'm watching Sports Center. okay? But uh, um, it's pretty, it just kind of allegedly depicts a modern family. We thought we'd take that theme, steal it, and talk about some of the issues of the modern family today. And, uh, and as you know, this, this, I'm kicking it off here with this uh, a, a kind of an interesting title of a message. Um, more on that in just a moment. But next week, then we're going to, Clay's going to talk about how to have a good fight. And I'm going to talk about, after that, I'm going to talk about uh, ba- boundaries within your, with your kids, with your children. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff to talk about there. Then, uh, and then uh, Clay's going to talk about honoring one another. And then I'm going to talk, and I'm going to close it the fifth week with a thing called legacy, uh, which uh, is coming up into my brain way too often these days. But um, t- t- today, how to affair proof your marriage. That, that's a mouthful, and it's a lot to think about. And I'll tell you, the first thing that I wanted to, to do, and I had even some help trying to get me as people who are better at searches on the Internet than I am, try to help me with this, and that is to, to get some sort of a correct percentage of how many people cheat in their marriage. And um, it's all over the place. I mean, you, you, there's no, I mean, and, and I know, I think I know why. I mean, you hear anything from, you read anything from 20, 25% all the way up to 80%. And uh, one, one article, Journal of uh, Couple and Relationship Therapy, says approximately 50, 50% of married women and 60% of married men will have extramarital affairs at some time in their marriage. And then you find other, other percentages that certainly disagree with that. Um, and I think I know why. I mean you're sitting there and a researcher comes and says, hey, did you ever cheat in your marriage? What are you going to say? The, the right answer would be it's none of your business. Uh, the answer you're probably going to say, particularly if you've, ever been, if you've been guilty, would be, oh, no, heck no, I wouldn't. I've never done that. You know, people are going to lie about it. You know, in, in some ways, I guess who could blame them? So anyway, my, my goal here is not to get you to think that this is normal, because it's not. Um, well, let me rephrase that. I don't want you to think it's normal because, I mean, you could say, well, even if it's 50%, which it probably is at least that, um, isn't that normal? What matters is not whether it's normal, is, is the effect of it on people's lives. So I want to jump right into this. And in doing so, I want to just, I'm going to tell you my goals in just a second, but a couple of, uh, just a disclaimer very quickly here. If you don't know me very well, uh, and I, it's, you, you wouldn't care about this, but if you know me very well, if you come here very much, you know that I'm kind of a fun-loving guy that, uh, you know, throws in humor from time to time in messages, and sometimes planned, sometimes not. And um, this, is, this, is, this is a tough message for me, because I've dealt with this a lot. I started trying to count all the times. I went the other night at couldn't sleep, and I started starting going back to 19, um, 1977, 70, uh, yeah, 1977, sorry, um, when I first became a pastor, 
And I started thinking about, you know, the first, I started thinking about the first six months that I was a pastor, I'm hit with, with three different um, extramarital affairs. And I was woefully inadequate to deal with it then. I don't know that you're ever adequate. But in the last uh, 34 some years, um, for whatever reason, I've had the privilege, and I do count it a privilege, I really do, to deal with this more than the average bear, so to speak. And um, a lot of my pastoral friends are like, geez, Rich, you deal with this a lot. Is it? I said, well, that's the kind of people I attract, I guess. But um, no, I, th- I think it has more to do with the fact that there are, I, I don't know what it has to do with, but I just, it's just a thing from, that God has, uh, has, has given me a, a particular area to help in these areas. And I'm, I'm always really privileged to help. Uh, it's always hard. It's always painful. So whenever I, this theme, we first started thinking about this theme way back in, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and then the other night, and I started thinking through just the different situations that I have dealt with, just, just me, over the years, all I could see was faces. Some, some faces whose names I have forgotten. And um, pain and brokenness. This isn't very much fun to me. And so when I deal with this, and I'm a little heavier today than what I normally am, I hope you will indulge me, because this is, this is serious business, and, and it's, it's the kind of stuff that we have to really approach and not um, dismiss it, as so many times it, it is, if not dismissed, just sort of lightly taken in our culture. Um, it's pretty serious stuff. So... Just sort of a word of warning there as to where I'm coming from. I want to take just a minute and, um, and pray and just ask God to help, help us understand and, uh, some of these very important truths. God, I do pray that for each, each one of us. You know each person here. You know what they're dealing with. And I know that in any given, any given service this morning, I'm talking to several people who've, who've, who've been through this, some people who may be in the middle of it right now, and some people who are dealing with it with friends and so forth. And I pray, God, that you would give each one of us a special understanding, uh, just a special measure of, of grace and in and, 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 uh, and, and, and trying to work through these issues in our own mind and possibly in our lives as well. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, my goal really is, is, A, to get you just to stop and think that, that if, if you've been a part of this, that, the healing, that it's time for the healing process to begin. And, um, and or to continue, as, as whatever the case might be. And then if you haven't, I want to equip you uh, with some, some things that will help you stay healthy in your marriage. Now, I googled a fair proof. I just googled a fair proof just to see what I could find. And, and really, there's a lot of stuff. And I, for at least me, I didn't find anything. I know whenever you do something like that, you never know exactly what's going to pop up on your searches. I didn't see anything inappropriate. Now, I didn't click on everything, obviously. But, um, but I saw a lot of interesting articles, a lot of interesting articles, some written from a Christian perspective. Most were not. Um, interesting that, you know, whether it's uh, coming from a Christian perspective or not, you know, that this is something that people are concerned about, which is understandable. And all of them had different things, and, and they all had steps for this and steps for that. And I kind of summarized them a little bit for you just to kind of give you 
some of the summaries that this is usually what you read, something like this on these things. I, I put five things here just to sort of summarize everything. First, one of them, what you read a lot was this, have sex regularly. Um, and um, obviously, you look at that and you think, well, is that what an affair is about? Well, that's part of it. But it would be, it would be really wrong to think that's, all, that's what it's always about or that's all that it's about. It's a lot, a lot more than that, a lot more complex than that. Um, never stop flirting was one thing that I kept reading. And they're, they're talking about with your, with your mate. Never stop flirting, um, I assume. One of the lines I picked up, try to compliment your spouse every day. Tell her that her butt looks good in jeans. Hey, honey. Okay. Um, never stop dating. Now, that's, you know, we saw a great depiction of that, didn't we? Stop dating and so forth. Um, emotionally stimulate her was another phrase that kept popping up because women, according to these things, all need more emotional stimulus than we men do because we only need physical stimulus. And, of course, generally, is that true? Well, there's some truth to it, but it's obviously not totally true. Uh, and then uh, the other thing you, you read, which is true, continually work on your marriage. Listen, all those, those things, that, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Nothing wrong with any of that. Um, but if we start trying to say it's this or it's that, we get into some, some pretty difficult issues here. So here, here's what I want to do. I want to just, I want to take in, and first of all, I want to tell you a dirty little secret about affair-proofing your marriage. Because some of you may have come here under false pretense. Are you ready for the dirty little secret exposed? Here it is. There is no template, formula, or equation that will absolutely guarantee your marriage will never be touched by an affair. And you need to hear that from me. There, listen, the older I get, the more I realize there aren't many guarantees in life. I mean, death and taxes and the love of Jesus. Um, and, and you can evade your taxes. <laughs> Can't evade death, though. Um, so, so if you're looking for like a, a solution or an equation or a do this and you'll never be touched by an affair, there ain't no such animal. But there are some things we can do by God's grace and by God's power that can really help us in that situation. Message like this is always a little more challenging also for me because we, or there, are, there are single people here and, and, and so forth. And they're like, well, you know, but you know what? You need to listen for the, for the, for the future, for one, and also just for the present. As one of, the, one of our single ladies in the earlier service said, I needed this so much, I just, yesterday, I got called into my girlfriend. Uh, she's married, and they just, both of them were having an affair, so it just came out. They, they, I was the first call they made, and she says, I, so you, you, you need, whoever you are, you need this stuff. Plus, I'm going to give you some stuff, whether you're married or whether you're single, that are gonna, that's going to help you just as human beings. So, so stay with me on this, all right? Four things, very quickly, I want to just give you some thoughts, four basic, four words that I, I want you to, to, to just think through this whole thing. Uh, the first one is vigilance. Vigilance. Proverbs 4. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Proverbs 4.23. Be careful what you allow your mind to dwell upon. Um, you know, and, and whenever I say that, I mean, obviously some of you automatically are in your brain going to, well, is he talking about pornography? Well, yeah, certainly that, that would include that. I was amazed uh, last summer I was part of a little golf outing, a bunch of guys, and uh, 
we were finishing up at dark, and uh, we were having some. We were sitting out on the deck uh, of this of this golf club and just chatting and having a, a, a beverage and uh, some some hors d'oeuvres or something. And somebody brought up the subject of uh, so what's so bad about porn? Porn? What's so bad about it? I was amazed how many men, smart guys, were like, "Oh, nothing. What's the big deal?" And uh, I listened for a while um, before I started waxing eloquent. And um, I was like, are you freaking kidding me, guys? And I started, I started numbering for them all the problems with what, what, what can, how it can hurt you individually, how it can hurt a relationship, how, and, and all the other kind of things that can go on with all that. I mean, obviously, it can create dissatisfaction, which might lead to an affair. Well, Jesus, this is happening with my wife. Maybe I've got to find another woman here, you know? From a, or even vice versa, another guy, depending on the situation. Um, so be careful what your mind... And along with that, when I talk about the Internet, something that I've learned in this research that, that I didn't... I should have known, but I didn't know it. I, I guess it's, it's, it's new to me, but it's not really that new, is the number of affairs that start with Internet chatter. It's just phenomenal. Couldn't believe it. All the stuff I read about that, the percentages were crazy. Uh, somebody, somebody heard me say this in the early service, and they went home, and they came back, and they gave me the last page of the uh, New York Times magazine this morning. And um, it's a great, I just read it during the video. Um, and um, I'd seen it before, so it was okay. Um, and uh, it's a, a, a writer talking about her brief encounter with an old boyfriend, chatting while she was sitting beside her husband on the couch, and uh, the temptations that came into her life. It's very interesting. Take, take a look at it. And uh, very well written, too, I might have. And it's times. But, um, and how this thing was going on, you know, and how this never, nothing really developed. And she eventually said no. But how just this, all this whole internet flirting, I guess they call it. Be careful. That's what I'm saying. Vigilance. Be careful. Um, be careful what your mind dwells on. Along with that, just strive for some accurate self-awareness. Have some people around you and be thinking. Just, just, just having some self-awareness. You know, you can't have intimacy in your marriage of any kind, especially the kind of intimacy, emotional intimacy. You can't have that in your marriage without self-awareness. You've got to be aware of that stuff. So be aware. Be vigilant. Right? That's, that's the first thing, some vigilance. Um, second thing is Boundaries. We all need boundaries. We need, let me show you, First Timothy. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Now, he's talking to a pastor here, but, I mean, it could, you don't have to be a pastor to make that uh, connection. Keep a close watch on yourself and your, what, you, what you teach is how you live and what you say. So, so here's the point. We all need guidelines. We all need guidelines. I have guidelines. I don't advertise what they are. I would tell you what they are, but it's too complicated. I have a lot of whereases. You know, you can do this, whereas this, or except for this, or except for this. You know, and, 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 and these are things that my wife and I, we've been very clear with each other and given each other the opportunity and privilege of speaking into each other's lives about that. You need to have that discussion if you haven't. Um, and it's, it, you, you, there, there has to be some boundaries. Um, Maybe those boundaries will be exercised also just with the level of chat or whatever you might do or not do on the Internet and so forth. The other thing about boundaries is we need guidelines and we need trusted people in our lives that will speak the truth to us. We need trusted people. Now, one of those people better be your mate. 
because you have to have that opportunity to stop and talk and listen. And, let me, and, and, and you know, Charlie and I, over the years, have had many different discussions on this particular thing. They're usually one-sided. I'll let you figure that out. Um, one of us might need it more than the other. Um, and sometimes, you know, those are uncomfortable discussions. I can, you know, I'm the king of the squirmers. You get into one of those discussions, well, what about this? And you're kind of like, well, I got to go play golf. Uh, but you got to stick it out. And you got to sit there and listen, and then you got you to engage. Well, what about this? Or what about this? You got to have those discussions, not just once. But those, those are, that's part of the vigilance also. Those, those have to happen on a, on a you know, you, you get to the point where certainly you've got, you've, not that you get it down, but you, you kind of know where you are in that situation. Maybe you may not have to revisit it quite as often as you used to, but it still needs to be revisited. So we, we got to have those boundaries, you know. Um, vigilance, boundaries, third thing. And this is, by the way, this is, I don't, need, I don't think I need to say this, but I will. Selflessness. Selflessness. Um, you know, affairs are born out of one thing, selfishness. I have the right to be happy. Um, you know, I, I don't have to put up with your baloney. Or I have the right to have someone who loves and appreciates me for who I am. And you know what, and I don't know whether you have the right to not, it's nice to have that, we all need that, it's, we want that. But you know, if we're going to be really honest about it, relationships go through different phases and different seasons of life, and they're not, it's not always going to be just grins and fun and all that stuff. Hopefully there's a lot of that, but sometimes you've got to go through the hard times too, because that's just life, unfortunately. It is. And those are the times when you've got to say, you know what, it's not much fun right now being married to you. I don't know if I'd say that or not. But you've got to at least, uh, it's not much fun being married to you right now, but I love you and we're going to make it through this and we're going to get to the fun. And deal with whatever we have to deal with in the process. That's got to be your attitude with all of that. Um, real quickly, let me show you something. Uh, Ephesians 5 says this, again, I say each man must love his own wife as he loves himself. That's Selflessness. Each wife must respect her husband. Philippians, this is a passage that's not even talking to husbands and wives, but let's just, so if you're not married, apply it to your life. But, but just think, if you apply that to this passage to your home and your marriage, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. What if I went into my marriage and my relationship and said, honey, what do you want? What can I do for you? What can I do to serve you today? You say, oh, come on now, Rich. You've gone too far now. Um, I mean, that's going to revolutionize some lives. And the thing is, when we approach life, let alone marriage, with more concern for the other person than for me, my goodness, what's that going to do? It's a huge issue. I mean, it's one that, uh, that we all need to stop and think and, and, and just think through. One time when our kids were small, we went to this... Uh, uh, Disney on ice or something like that, you know, where they do that thing. 
and uh, my favorite two cartoon characters came out and skated, Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale, okay, let me, not Chip and Dale, Chip and Dale. Let me make, 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 let me make that clear, just in case, okay, <laughs> for all the other people here. Um, Chip, Chip and Dale are two chipmunks, and you may not know about this if you're, if you're too young, but they're two, they're two chipmunks, and they just they get along great. And, uh, and I'll never, to this day, this was, the, gosh, this was 25 years ago, and my wife and I, to this day, still joke with each other about this. Chip and Dale, are, they're, they're, talk, they're arguing what they're going to do, and then they say, oh, let's don't be, you know, and they're trying to teach lessons to the kids, you know. And they oh, let's don't be like that, so Chip says to Dale, okay, Dale, what do you want to do? And Dale said, Chip, oh, I don't know, what do you want to do? Oh, I don't know, what do you want to do? And they go on like this for like five minutes, what do you want to do? Oh, I don't know, what do you want to do? So every now and then, Charlie, and I, hey, what do you want to do? Oh, I don't know, what do you want to do? You know? Um, it, and the point is of that whole thing is that there's a, there's a certain attitude of, of, hey, what what can I do with you or for you or the time that we have here? That's something that you're going to, you know, not just fun, but something that you're going to really want to do. One time, Charlie and I, we were we were um, we were we were having a little tough time. We were in counseling, and um, the counselor said, "I want you to do this. I want you to take." It was almost like this, only it was serious. I want you to, to plan a date for each other. And, and you really do this thing. You really plan this date and plan it out, the whole thing. Just one of you, take turns every other time, once a week, you know, and do this thing. And, and of course, mine would be, I think, one of my dates was we went to see a Gladiator or something, you know. And uh, we went to a real nice dinner, went to see Gladiator. Isn't this great, honey, you know. And, uh, and then she, her date was, we went to the... Uh, this huge bookstore in Denver, and um, the book, no, I can't remember the name, maybe it's a book, I can't remember the name of it for sure, but anyway, she, and she went to the art and literature section, and says, I want you to find an art book that you really want, and you're going to buy that, and we're going to talk about it. I said, you want me to do what? <laughs> First of all, I'm, you know... In the art and literature department of a bookstore, I'm hoping nobody's going to see me that I know. <laughs> it's a great exercise, actually. It was a lot of fun. I ended up finding out that I liked Rembrandt's uh, religious art, which I knew a little bit about, but not that much. Anyway, the point being this, when we start getting rid of that's a simple way of doing it. When we start getting a little less selfish and a little more selfless, it's just amazing what can happen, not only in an individual's life with their friends, but, my gosh, in their marriage. And need I say, I'll say it again, all affairs start with some form of selfishness. Fourth thing, very quickly. Forgiveness. Got to have this. If you've been to one of my weddings... I do great weddings. I just want you to know that. If you're not married, if you're not married, well, first of all, if you're not married and you're living together, we need to talk, okay? <laughs> I have told more couples who, and, we, and they come here, and, and I'm glad they come here. But uh, they'll say, you know, we're not married, we're living together. And I'm, and, and, or they usually say, well, you know, or some, they, 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 they've now learned ways to kind of code that, so I don't know. And I'm always like, do you love each other? Yeah, we love each other. Do you want to spend the rest of your life with Yeah, we want to spend the rest I'm legal. Let's do it right now. We can do it right here. We can make this thing happen right here. Um, 
Actually, I had somebody take me up on that a couple of times. But um, I did the weddings. One of the things that I started a long time ago in all my wedding, every wedding I do, there is the word forgiveness. I do, I take you as my husband or, my, or as my wife, blah, 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 until death do us part. And I promise you all my love, all my, all, my, all my forgiveness for as long as we both shall live. Folks, you're not going to get past the first 10 freaking hours without forgiveness. And you know that. Jesus tells us that. The Bible tells us that in a number of different places. Let me just show you one. Again, it's a passage not directed to husbands and wives. It's only about how we live our lives. But get this. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. And, just think if that happens in a marriage. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Listen to this. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Let me say this very clearly. Your mate could never sin against you as much as you've sinned against God. Just can't be done. That's the standard that God says we are to have because the forgiveness that we, see, we receive when we come to Christ and we understand that he died and lived and he lived and, 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 and was tortured and died and rose again and he did that for me that I might have the forgiveness of my sins and I accept him and I say, Lord, I want to put my trust in you. That's the forgiveness that I receive. He says, that's the same kind of forgiveness I want you to take into your, into your life with others and in, that means into your marriage. That doesn't mean there's not accountability. That doesn't mean we don't, we don't have consequences. That doesn't mean that we don't try to set up some safeguards and, and boundaries and so forth. But we have to learn to forgive. You don't learn how to forgive. You are one, one, sorry, son of a gun. And you're bitter. And it probably shows. But I see it all the time. Not a very pretty, uh, not a very pretty component. <laughs> One of our couples this morning after the early service says to me, do you know we have one little saying? I'm going to tell you the way they told me. It's a little crude, but you can deal with it. Um, He says, you know, we have one sign that we can see every morning we get up. So we put it on the toilet. And uh, I jokingly said to him, I said, you probably see it two, three times every night. Anyway, he said, here's what the sign says. A perfect marriage is the perfect union of two forgivers. I said, dude, that's heavy duty. Perfect marriage is a perfect union of two forgivers. And that is so true. You know, if, if, let me just say this. If, you, if, you've been, if you've done this, if you've been involved in an affair, or you are involved in an affair, first of all, just stop it. But there is, there is hope. You can recover. I know couples, and I've been through this. I've been through this. I mean, I, I've been through this. I counted the other night almost 100 times in 30-plus 30, 30 years. And, and some of them still, when I start thinking, when I start thinking about it, just, just amazing. It's painful. It's hard. But, but I, some of those couples are in places they never could have been in. Never were. There is hope. Please remember that. It comes through the understanding of the redemption of Jesus, forgiveness of sin, and forgiving one another. There's hope, and you can be restored. It doesn't mean you're thankful for what you went through, that you did 
something sinful, but you can be thankful for how God uses it. So if, if you're in that situation, please get through that, and you can. Your life's not over. doesn't mean you have to split up. If you haven't, God bless you, and stay vigilant. And keep those boundaries high. And keep that selflessness high. And keep practicing forgiveness. You and I will all be better for it. It calls me one less gray hair. Um, you can't guarantee your marriage will not be touched by adultery. But you can do some things that can sure make it make you a less likely candidate. Listen, we're all on the brink. We're all on the brink. Anyone, it, it could happen to any one of us. We start letting down here or letting down here or letting down here. So we have to stay vigilant. The thing that we need to do, you guys, come on up. Um, get the band to come on up. And Julie, um, about two years ago, we had a singer-songwriter here, Kendall Payne. Some of you may remember her. We've had her CDs back here. I don't know if there are any back there. If not, they're easy to get. She's great. And I don't know if you were here. If you were here, um, you may remember this. I said, she sang this song that you're going to hear. And I said, that song, and I, and I meant it. I wasn't, that wasn't just me blowing smoke. I said, that song ought to be sung in every wedding ever. It's called Fail. You know, and... It talks about the fact that we are just broken fools and that we're selfish and that we're cruel, and, uh, but there is hope to the exception that someday we, we can be the exception to the rule. We will fail each other. Sometimes in little ways, sometimes in life-devastating ways, we're going to look for God first to forgive us and give us the grace to forgive others. Let me pray before you hear this great message and song. God, Thank you for the grace, the love, the forgiveness that we have in you. Lord God, help us, first of all, to understand forgiveness for us, from you, that comes through Jesus. And then help us to be a conduit of that forgiveness to others. We pray that. We pray that as a, as a song so clearly states. And we can forgive others, and particularly our husband or our wife, for failure. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.